0: Greetings, it's meeting time, and today we're going to continue our introduction of the 12th step of recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry the message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. And that, my friends, are why we're here. We're here to carry the message. This spiritual principle is the reason that Christian with Secret Addictions was birthed. Yours truly and special guests are here every week to share our experience, strength, and hope of recovery and healing from any type of addictive or fractured lifestyle. We too have experienced this debilitating existence of this demonic sinful disease known as addiction. And as I mentioned last week, if you or a loved one are caught in the grips of these types of addictions, I'm here to tell you that God will do for you what he's done for me and millions of others. You see, God's in the business of restoring sinful, broken people to wholeness by way of his son, Jesus Christ, and biblical life-changing principles known as the 12 steps to recovery. I've often shared with you that I meet with you today with over 27 years of recovery and healing from multiple addictions, alcohol, drugs, and gambling. And I've also shared that I too existed in a sinful, dark place for over 35 years. I was physically, mentally, emotionally sick, ensnared by Satan's control. My whole being and thoughts were centered and controlled by Satan's demands. I was in this grip of this continuous, progressive, sinful lifestyle, and I ended up in jails, institutions, and the emergency room because I nearly died from an overdose. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior as a young lad, but this near-death experience had, had me repent and recommit myself to, to the Lord Jesus. I started to go back to church on a regular basis, and in 1980, I got involved in this 12-step program and started attending recovery meetings. But Satan's weapons of obsession and compulsion had me continue doing that which was destroying my life. It consumed my whole being. I was a liar, a thief, and a manipulator. I tried to control everything and everyone around me. I just couldn't stop drinking, doing drugs, or gambling. I was a chronic relapser, and I was dying a slow death. I was destroying my family, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Folks, I was mentally ill. I truly believe this disease of addiction ends up in mental illness, and just as recovery literature describes the lost soul, I too was a lost soul. I was a prisoner of my own mind. I'm able to deal with life on life terms. I lived to use and used to live. I acquired strange habits, mannerisms. I forgot about God. I quenched the Holy Spirit. I forgot how to love. And eventually I spiraled into this abyss of helplessness, hopelessness, shame, guilt. I suffered severe consequences because of this demonic lifestyle. I thought God had abandoned me and I would die from an overdose or even worse, a violent death. You see, there were many people that looked at me with jaundiced eyes. They despised and rejected me because of the harm I caused them. For the sake of time, let's get rid of this doom and gloom. Let's jump ahead. After many inpatient treatment centers and long-term extended stays, God started to put people in my life to minister, encourage, support, and guide me to this wonderful Christian walk of wholeness. And through the teaching and guidance from pastors assuring me that God never left me, and through Christian men and women in recovery that carried this message of hope and healing, and by implementing these 12 biblical teachings of restoration, The chains of addiction had been broken, and my new way of life began on June 1st, 1993. Now, I said all that to say this. If my story is similar to your story, if you're caught up in the grips of addiction, if you're feeling that your life will end tragically, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to carry the message. What you think might be the end just might be the beginning of your new way of life. Listen, anyone suffering from this disease of addiction is a lost soul whom God loves and wants to rescue. The Apostle Paul assures us of this in Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. God adopts us into his family by way of his son, Jesus Christ. It's God's will to have our sins and addictions removed. It's his will for us to find this new life in him. And this new life begins by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to earth to save you and me from our sins. We all know John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In John eight twelve, Jesus is speaking to you and to me. I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, by way of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our inner being, he guides us on this journey of recovery and healing. Listen to this. During the week prior to Jesus being crucified, in John fourteen six, he made his disciples a promise. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter who will help you and never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And then after his resurrection, he gave them another promise. Surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Listen. When we accept Christ as our Savior, as a child of God, Jesus makes us the same promise. We too can experience the Holy Spirit comforting and giving us peace when we're in the valley of tears. He opens our eyes and ears and understanding as he speaks to us through the inspired word of God and in our weakness. It's the power of the Holy Spirit marching to the front lines and defeating Satan in this spiritual warfare. And then, as with me, he'll put people, like-minded people in your life that will encourage, guide, and travel with you from the darkness of your struggles into the ever-glowing freedom of this recovery and healing. Second Corinthians 1-4, the Apostle Paul assures us that God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others with the same dilemma. Recovery literature strongly suggests that the ultimate weapon for recovery is the recovering addict. Look, I assure you it's the recovering alcoholic or addict that can best understand and help you. We have firsthand experience in all phases of the illness and recovery. Alcoholics and addicts in recovery are of unparalleled therapeutic value. Look, what Satan meant for evil in my life, God meant for good. He was with me in all phases of my transformation. He infiltrated my soul with correction, grace, mercy, protection, healing, and comfort. And he allowed all these phases of my journey, the good, bad, and ugly, so that I could become qualified to help the addict that still suffers. There's no doubt the support I received from my family and the men behind the pulpit were instrumental in my recovery. But of all the people God sent to me, the people that helped me the most were the recovering alcoholic and addict. And as with me, They, too, were in the valley of the shadow of death. But God lifted them up, and he qualified them to help you and to help me. In the book of Luke, Jesus teaches what it means to be qualified to help others. First, he reminds us of the most important commandment. Love the Lord supremely and love your neighbors as yourself. And then he tells a story about a Jew who was attacked and left bleeding on the roadside. A priest came along and just let him lie there. A temple assistant came by, but he too passed him by. But then a Samaritan came along, saw the man, felt compassion, and helped the man recover. Now, these two spiritual men left. Why did they leave? Maybe they thought they'd be robbed, but maybe they never suffered themselves. You see, the Samaritans were a mixed race. They worshiped the Lord, but they worshiped pagan gods as well, and that's why they were hated and suffered persecution. The despised Samaritan felt deep pity because he knew what suffering and rejection were all alike. To the Samaritan, this Jew was his neighbor. So what do we learn from this teaching? Unlike those that look at us with John decides to despise and reject us because of the harm that we've done to them. Who's better equipped to help a hurting person than someone who's been hurt themselves and is able to display sincere compassion and comfort? Listen, we want to be your good Samaritan. It's those of us that's been restored to sanity and to wholeness that have been blessed with this spiritual awakening. And my friends, no matter your location, as you join us today, you're our neighbor. Amen. Next week, we're going to be reviewing all 12 steps, and we're going to realize the blessing from applying these principles to our lives. Amen